0: Welcome to the Twisted Traveler's Podcast, your weekly dose of theme park news and entertainment. And now, broadcasting from our studios in East Tennessee and Central Florida, here are your hosts, Jack Laker and Chris Jones. Hey everybody, welcome back to this week's episode of the Twisted Traveler's Podcast. I'm Jack and I'm sitting here with my friend Chris.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Episode
0: eleven, I believe. It's episode eleven, and also, do you know what today is? What? What is today? It's up. it's June sixteenth. Hold on. Let me look at the.
1: Oh yeah, that's that day. Yep, I it's been two years since
0: we day. met. Yeah, it's been two years. That's heroines. <laughs> yep. My phone reminded me, like, you were at Carowinds two years ago today.
1: Yeah. If so, you want to hear that story, you can go back to episode one, by the way.
0: Yes. Go, go back and listen. We, we ramble on about that fun night. But this week, we have a bunch to talk about. So we're going to try to get through this news real quick. and then There's not that much, so. There's not that much. Hard. But then between the two of us, we've been to six parks over the last week.
1: Well, actually, I did go to Fun Spot Orlando also, but we don't have to talk about that. Seven parks between the two of us over the last week. And six of them are me. (laughs) Hey, don't rub it in. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But yeah,
0: jumping right in. Uh, Cedar Fair, the first two are, the big two are coming back. Got Kings Island on July 2nd and Cedar Point on July the 9th. Obviously good news for Ohio. Yeah, good news for Ohio. Those are passholder opening days, though. They are opening to the public a little later on. I think Kings Island is the 12th when they open to the public, and Cedar Point really hasn't said when they're opening to the public yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be at Kings Island on the 1st for the first rider event for O'Brien, and then hopefully the 2nd and 3rd for like passholder days. Cedar Point, who knows? The other park we have an announcement out of is Hershey Park will be July the 3rd, and Candemonium will open with the park. Even better news. Mm -hmm. Those are our three openings this week. The next one, I'm going to let you talk a little about. (laughs) Oh,
1: yeah, I mean, Candemonium gets to open with its park, but then there's Iron Gwazi. I'm very sad. I want it to open. I just want to ride it. But then Fred Grubb's like, nah, here's a lean. Uh, which... How do I describe it? I'm trying to remember. So it's so, like wh- when you haven't paid for stuff and they're holding it from you, I think, or something like that.
0: Yeah, they. so basically, um, SeaWorld's yet... So I think the most interesting thing we learned of all of this was how much Iron Quasi cost. But... <laughs> They apparently, they financed it into three payments, so the whole cost of the roller coaster was just south of $10 million, and so they financed it into like three payments of like $3.3 3 each. Well, mm-hmm. they've yet to pay their last payment, and until that's paid, RMC will not
1: hand the ride over to the park, yeah. meaning it can't open to guests. I, I was talking to Jack about this, and I said that uh, I don't think it should be that much of an issue, I just feel like SeaWorld's kind of... Trying to delay paying as long as they can. Yeah, I don't don't think they actually have an issue with the money.
0: No, I definitely think they have the money. It's just they don't want to pay during coronavirus and all that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I want them to pay. So pay up SeaWorld because I want to ride Iron Gwasi. And I know wants to ride Iron Gwasi more than I do.
1: Yeah, I really want to.
0: So, yeah, um, that was kind of the interesting thing. But again, I think the whole, the really interesting thing is that they got a hyper-hybrid coaster for $10 million. Can we just let that, like, seriously? And then I go back to the fact that Lightning Red costs twenty two. How? <laughs> I just don't understand that. But, you know, magnets are expensive, mm-hmm. I guess. Very expensive. And so, yeah, that was our, I think that's the fastest we've ever done a weekly well, news segment. Well, barely
1: anything, and we have so much other stuff to talk there were, about. Yeah. Okay. But moving
0: on, let's. we did decide, I think we're still going to do ride of the Week I this week, because up, yeah. we do not want to get off our pattern. Okay. Um, so last week we did Intimidator at Carowinds. And this week our choices are Mako at SeaWorld Orlando, Diamondback at Kings Island and Goliath, Excuse me, Goliath at six legs over Georgia.
1: Okay, I'm spinning the wheel.
0: Let the wheel spin. It's Goliath. Okay. I feel like we're working up towards the the best one on this list. Depends on what we get next week. Okay. Hey, so you wanna so- start. Yeah, I'll start. So, Goliath. Uh, This is actually the coaster I have marathoned the most. I had 20 rides on it without leaving my seat. It's also the only coaster that has caused physical injury to my body, because I got a nosebleed from riding it so much. Um, Random facts. Um, This coaster is really, really fun. I love the airtime. I love the 540 downward helix turnaround thing. That might be the best turnaround on any B&M Hyper. Like... It's just so intense, so much fun, Uh, really great airtime throughout the whole ride. I think the big complaint I have about it is I wish it had one or two more things to go for, but it is a really strong hypercoaster.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree with what you said. It's got really strong airtime, and it's definitely the most intense B&M Hyper I've done. I only got one ride on it, and I was kind of stapled, so it, it was like, eh, for me, but... Um, it's still really, really good, and its layout is one of the best out there for sure because it's not your basic out-and-back or L-shape. It like just goes all over the place. Um, the Helix is super intense. There's some hills that is basically Ejector. I just need to get back and ride it some more, but I definitely like it more than Intimidator, and I like it more than Apollo's Chariot as well. So, so That's our... Uh...
0: Very short ride of the week segment. Next week we'll be back to talking about either Mako or Diamondback. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: But now to so the main portion of this show. it's going to take probably an hour. So sit yeah. back. I hope you've got a long car ride. There's nothing to do. We mm-hmm. are talking about all of the parks we have visited, all of the guidelines we have seen, and everything except that's happening. For fun so spot. except for Fun Spot, we've talked about some of their parks already. So yes i'm gonna let you start and we'll just kind of work down the way the list in chronological order so that I means i get to go last
1: <laughs> yeah okay so i get to do a bunch before jack gets to do anything all right
0: i'm gonna interject with questions don't worry i'm also gonna Good. be eating my pumpkin bread because i forgot to eat breakfast
1: okay we will start with a uh, bush garden sampa so this is my personal favorite park in florida just because it's pretty much got the most well-rounded collection of coasters out of any of them along with, you know, good atmosphere and everything. So I was really excited to get back. Um, they upgraded everybody's pass, which I like because now I get to park in prime parking, which means I don't have to take the tram. I get to go under the, under the road and over on the other side and park right in front of the entrance now. So it's so much easier to get into the park. So I came into the park and the first thing I did was go look at iron quasi and, uh, I can confirm that it's still there. It's just sitting there. So they there. haven't
0: repoed it yet? They haven't figured out how to repossess no. it?
1: I was actually was... going to say that. I, Fred Grubb's going to move it to his backyard for his grandkids. If oh, don't they move it to attention. his backyard. Move it to mine. Yeah, I'd
2: take it. I would take it. You can move it to my backyard yeah. for sure.
1: How would you repossess a roller coaster? You do you literally just go take the heart? <laughs> I, I have no idea. Um. But iron quasi still looks amazing it'll open soon enough hopefully so that we can all enjoy it um, after that i went to ride Chikra, which had a pretty long line and we'll get to what i think are the reasons behind the long lines in a minute i went to check tigris it had a long line as well so passed on that and then uh went to kumba now if you've been to bush gardens or you go there often you know that Kumba rarely ever has a line usually five to ten minutes but today Kumba had about 20 25 minute line which I, I still waited in like it's one of my favorite coasters. Um I really enjoyed that ride on Kumba it was probably one of the best rides I've had on it. I I got the front row all to myself on the right side. So hell roll still just as good and going through that tunnel being like the only person there. And sitting on the right side. You know that low to the ground turn where you can touch the grass? Yeah. On the right side, when you turn, it the grass looks like it's inches from your face. You're so close to it. I was like, whoa. But
0: that was I remember great. when we were riding it, we were reaching out and just that was the whole thing. It was like we were literally running our hands across the ground. Yeah.
1: It's a it's always fun to do that. Kumba is still just such an awesome classic ride. It's great that it's Uh, aged so well, so Kumba I still really enjoyed. After that, it was so hot, me and my dad wanted to do the Rapids, but the Rapids was literally out on the bridge into Congo, so that was probably an hour-plus line. Everything was so long at this point, and uh, Quick Queues were actually cheap today. They were about $30, which is usually less than I'm seeing them for, if I remember right. So ended up getting one just so I could do everything, because otherwise it was kind of just a wasted day. There's nothing else to do. So I get my quick queue, and uh, I go over to Cheetah Hunt. Oh boy, Cheetah Hunt's down. Uh, go over to Cobra's Curse. It's down for the whole day. Awesome. Oof. Yeah. Go over to Monsu. Monsu has probably an hour-long wait, and that usually has about five to ten minutes. Go through the quick queue line, only have to wait ten minutes. Um montu was very good if you've listened we we reviewed montu didn't we on the show yeah we talked
0: about it i think
1: okay yeah i think i said I think on we talked that about I, it but... go ahead like in episode three or something when we had um oh, okay. logan and mazden on oh yeah okay if you go back and listen to that episode which i recommend because that was fun um i okay. talked about how i thought montu's batwing is slightly overrated and not the best element on the ride but today at that ride was going just crazy. It was hauling. The Batwing was amazing. This time, I really like felt what people talk about when it comes to the Batwing. So did Montu. Went over to Cheetah Hunt. It's back up now. Rode that. The one thing I wanted Bush Gardens to do during the quarantine was fix the water section. Still haven't did done they? that. Was very no. disappointed. Um, but Cheetah Hunt overall was still fun. Launches are forceful and everything. You know, good ride. So did that. And then I went over to Falcon's Fury. Falcon's Fury is always just amazing. Rode that. Got to see Guazi from up there. It's just massive, and it made me sad that it's not open. So rode that. And uh, did Kumba one more time. Just as good. Did Shikra, Got back row. Uh, the airtime's still great. I almost hit a bird on the splashdown. It It flew right like almost under my seat because i was on one of the edge seats so that was really fun but overall the day was just kind of mad if i didn't have quick here the day would have been awful but like the capacity situation is just not good i've seen people online complaining about them not enforcing masks and social distancing for social distancing they're right they haven't really enforced it that much but as far as masks go it really wasn't as bad as people were making it out to be. Most people still had uh, their masks up. Occasionally, they'd pull it down. But then quite a few times, I saw people actually enforce the masks. And also in the queues, they would come through every once in a while and enforce social distancing. So I don't think they're doing that bad in that manner. But I, I think they're doing the capacity wrong. Because what they're doing is they're cleaning the rides every hour. And they're, it's taking them like 20 minutes to do each. And uh, we'll get to this in a little bit, to this in a second, though. Um, At Universal, instead of actually going through and cleaning all the rides as often, they're just making sure everybody has hand sanitizer before the rides. You have your mask on, you're going to be fine. You have your hands completely sanitized, you're going to be fine. So I think what Universal's doing with cleaning the people rather than cleaning the lines is speeding it up. So Universal's lines were way better than bush gardens and sea worlds we'll talk we'll talk
0: a little bit about how dolly was doing it too but it's more similar it to Universal. okay
1: that's good i think they should be doing it that way because it's obviously working a lot better um so now that was pretty much my bush gardens day uh honestly i think i'm going to be going to universal more often than i will bush gardens and SeaWorld until iron quasi opens just because it's a you know, you have to get reservations and the lines are so much longer. I'd rather go to Universal because it was just much more enjoyable, but we'll talk about that some more in a second. But first, SeaWorld. SeaWorld was more the same uh, as far as policies. They were about, I'd say, on the same tier as Busch Gardens when it came to enforcing their policies, which isn't as bad as people were making it out to be. They were doing a decent job, but still not great. Um, also, ride closures were like a big theme with the SeaWorld parks. Like I said earlier, Cobra's Curse was closed all day. Also, the log flume at Busch Gardens was closed all day. Kraken was closed all day at SeaWorld. So, I don't know. It was just unfortunate. But
0: see, and, Okay, what's interesting about Kraken being closed, because I don't think I told you, but the date on... Whatever, When you were at Bush Gardens, I was actually in a Discord chat with some other people, and one of them was actually at SeaWorld, and he was on Kraken talking to us while he was riding Kraken. So it was running the day before. Yeah, I
1: saw that um, on either Instagram, on Twitter, that it was running the day before. But it wasn't the day I went, so... Lines, because of that, were obviously very long. And another reason they were long is because Infinity Falls, the main path to get to Infinity Falls... Is going past Mako, and then you just end up there by following that path. That's how you, people usually mm-hmm. get there. They had that completely closed off for some reason, but Infinity Falls itself was open. You just had to go the long way around, then how many people are gonna go? So Infinity Falls had no weight. I ended up riding that twice. But, like, Infinity Falls is usually one of the most popular rides in the park, but there's nobody over there because you had the path blocked off. So now everybody's at other rides. Mako had, like, a 45-minute wait all day. I only got to ride it once because I was on one of the first trains of the day. And uh, it's still running great. Still perfect. ejector slash floater airtime all the way through. You know, what do you come to expect from Mako? I'm so used to it at this point. Um, Manta had, like, a 35-minute wait all day. Didn't even get to ride that. So the only coaster Oof. I got to ride at SeaWorld. Oh, yeah. Journey to Atlantis was closed, so didn't get to do that. Um, Didn't they have the water drained or something? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're doing maintenance on it, but, you know. Again, it was open the day before. (laughs) Oh, really? Okay, never mind. Well, I was going to say, it's June. If they're doing maintenance now, it's kind of dumb. But the only ride I got to ride was one time on Mako because uh, of how long the lines were. So I ended up just leaving and going to Fun Spot. Also, we ate at that stupid penguin place, uh, which is... You haven't eaten there, but it's absolutely awful. It's some of the worst food that you can get at a theme park. But nothing else is open. There's only like let me think. Two other restaurants that are open. One of them's food is just as bad as the penguin place. The other one my sister can't eat at because she has an allergy. So we were stuck at the Penguin Place. Which just no. I wish they would open some of the good restaurants instead of those. So you have to everyone needs
0: to understand I am a spoiled little child of my home park because we have
1: like good food everywhere, no matter what. <laughs> One of the restaurants that was open is good. It's a barbecue, but my sister can't eat there because she's allergic to something in the barbecue. Um, Mesqu-
0: yes, mesquite, that's
1: what is. I think, is what y'all told me. So ended up just leaving there. That's why I like Tennessee barbecue because yeah. we use hickory wood. We ended up just leaving there and going to a fun spot where I rode <laughs> White Lightning. And Probably a wise choice. Um, so that is just unfortunate. Okay, so now before we go on to
0: Universal, I want to, like, hear about Between the Seas parts. I want to hear, because you told me there were things they did well, and there were things they did really bad, so give me the, like, the three things they did really good, and the three Three things things they did really bad. Three things they did
1: really good. Let me think. It's, you know, I don't really know if there's anything that they did really good. I mean, there was stuff that they were average at, but they didn't really do anything exceptionally well, other than, you know, Kumba is running just as good as it was and all that but but i mean that's not real i mean that's not really them that's just that the coaster is So, so good i'd say overall they did a decent job at enforcing their policies with masks and social distancing and they i'd say they did a good job with cleanliness of the trains because when you do go to clean trains once an hour it's going to be clean so you can understand why they're doing that but i do think that there's a better way to do that um yeah i'll tell you about the dollywood method because i think that's the best one i've seen so far and uh i'd say operations were poor they weren't really moving fast so and you kind of have to move fast when you have limited capacity like they weren't running max trains and they were going slow it seemed like the people working there didn't really understand like, Hey, we need to move quicker than normal or else these lines are going to pick up even more, but it seemed like they didn't really care in a lot of cases. So Mm -hmm. that's one thing that I think SeaWorld needs to work on is just training ride ops to be generally better. Cause their, their operations have never been exceptionally well. Like they can be good on Mm -hmm. some days, but when it comes to this, it doesn't seem like they really train them to be, Prepared for this situation,
2: so that's what I'll say. Okay.
0: So, moving on to your next little adventure—that was a complete surprise to both of us. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, I was at my aunt's birthday party, and my mom's email was up on our computer. And I'm sitting next to her, and I just looked over real quick, and it's like, "Order complete," and it's from Universal, and I'm like, "Wait, what?" So I ended up finding out the little surprise that they had early. And that's, uh, they got us all three park annual passes for Universal. And we also get three months free with that. So I have them till September next year. So I should get to ride oh, Velocicoaster. Um, but I was really surprised by that. So after my aunt's birthday, we just ended up going to Islands of Adventure real quick. Because she's in Orlando. It was only like 10 minutes away. Uh... I was really happy to be back at Islands of Adventure, and let me tell you, Universal did everything right. They just did everything so much better than the SeaWorld Parks did, honestly. Um, I already talked about their, their operations with uh, cleaning the people instead of cleaning the trains, which I really like. And they were also running everything on max trains, you know. They did a really good job with all that. So as far as the day actually goes, we only had about two hours in the park because it closed at 6 and we got there around 4. Uh, but I did quite a bit in only two hours. So, started off at Spider Man, which. Oh, is that rides so good. good. Yeah, it's just as good as I remember. Although, one thing is that when you have to wear the masks on these, when you breathe out, it gets pushed upward and into the 3D goggles so they fog really oh. easily.
0: Ooh. that's something I hadn't thought about though, because I have a bunch of friends at work and people I talked to at Dollywood yesterday that were complaining about. Masks and fogging up the glasses. That's um,
1: that's interesting. So, I, I just had to, like, make it as loose as possible so that it has more spots to go to. Or just don't breathe. Just don't breathe while you're riding yep, it. Good idea. But I really enjoyed Spider-Man. You know, it's always been one of my favorites at Island Adventure. I really liked it. After that, I went over to Jurassic Park to look at Velocicoaster. First thing I did, though, before I went and looked at that was ride Jurassic Park River Adventure, and that ride was way better than I remembered. It really surprised me how much theming there was that I just forgot about on that ride, and uh, it was hot there because it's Florida, and the splash was, like, perfect. It wasn't, like, a ton of water coming down on you at once. It's, like, it lifts up and then mists and then comes down, and it, like, just feels so satisfying, so... I really enjoyed Jurassic Park way better than I remembered it being. And then went to look at Velocicoaster. I sent Jack a bunch of pictures of it. This thing is just massive. It It's way bigger in person than I expected it to be. But it looks awesome, especially that big double helix thing with the crazy outward bank, airtime hill, and then the stall and all that. The one we've seen a million pictures yeah, of on social media thing. already. My dad's
0: at this point, he's like, I'm tired of seeing that Helix. I've seen it so much over the last week. It's gonna
1: be amazing. I'm I am so ready. Oh, I'm sure it's gonna I'm so be ready amazing. ready for that ride. I don't know why people are complaining about it, though, because you can see it from Hogwarts. I went to the same... I went to the spot where you can see it from Hogwarts, that Helix, up close. And, like, was it really ever that immersive from that deck when you can see the rest of the park just farther away? Like, come on. it.
0: No, the idea was it's immersive when you're in the Hogsmeade High Street. It's, like, once you get out of the Hogsmeade High Street, it's kind of like, okay, you can lose
1: the immersion Yeah, factor. but I don't know why people are complaining about it when you can really only see it from the bridge going into Hogsmeade and, like, that deck by three broomsticks.
0: Yeah, I agree. I don't think... I'll tell you who it is. It's the hardcore Harry Potter fans, like myself, but I'm not complaining. But they're like, oh, we're living the
1: immersion. Just get over it, folks. You've got Hagrid's. Go ride that. Yeah, which we'll get to in a few minutes. Um, Then I went and rode Forbidden Journey, which was good. Uh, Not the best ride I've had on it because the scene with the Dementors wasn't fully working. Like, three of the four animatronics weren't moving. But the rest of it was still just as good as I thought. So, enjoyed that. I've only ridden that once, so I have no clue if I got a good ride on it or not. <laughs> yeah, uh, I walked past Hagrid's, wasn't able to get a time this night, which I wasn't really surprised. Um, I hadn't seen Hagrid still in person, so I was, my first ride on it was going to be awesome, getting to see the whole thing as a big reveal all at once. Also, Road Hulk on the way out is my last ride. And you can tell that this thing's developed a little bit more of a rattle. The train shakes quite a bit on some of the parts, but it was still better than I remembered because I don't remember it being that intense. I grayed out through the whole cobra roll. And the second half, people call that boring, but I thought the second half was actually really fun and way better than I remembered. Like, the little bank up and then bank the other way and all that. Mm-hmm. I love that part. So Plus overall, the soundtrack I- is... yeah. Hulk was amazing. I really loved it. So that was day one of Islands of Adventure. The next morning, went back to Universal, and this was where I was gonna get my first ride on Haggard. I show up as early as possible. I try to get a time, and I don't get one. I don't get one even though I'm there at the very start. I'm like freaking out. I'm like, no, the whole reason I came here was to ride this. I really need this. So, I just keep refreshing, keep refreshing, and get one like 25 minutes later, randomly. And I'm like, Yes, get it. 10 minutes later, I'm in line for Hagrid. I have my time. So, let's talk about Hagrid because this thing blew away my expectations. Walking yeah, in. I didn't line, expect it to end up this high in your ranking. <laughs> yeah, it's. Wow. It, it was way better than I thought. Walking in to the queue line and seeing the whole thing at once is just amazing. It looks so good. It's another uh, example of an incident coaster looking way bigger than you expected, just like Velocicoaster. I was like, whoa, this thing's massive. The queue line, very well themed. The, uh, the pre-show wasn't going. Neither were the pre-shows for Gringotts. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, But I think that's because they don't want people all standing in the same room at once, Mm -hmm. just watching a pre-show and they could just send you through. Fingers crossed that they are doing the
0: pre-show in November.
1: Yeah. Um, Q line, really well themed. I got motorbike seat in the second to last row. The one thing I really wanted from Hagrid's was forceful launches, and yep, they're very forceful. I I was really happy with that. The theming on-ride is great. The spike is so fun, and so is the the spoiler uh, drop track.
0: Um, I think everyone knows about it at this point. If you don't know, we're
1: sorry. Just get past. <laughs> um it's got some nice whippy elements with some intense intense turns it's really fun and it's the povs do not do this right justice in person it's just so much better the theming like in the povs of like the devil snare portion where there is the drop track it like you know you can't really see anything but when you're actually in there you can see everything because it's dark but you can see all the the roots and the animatronics and everything in there. So overall, mm-hmm. Hagrid's is just an amazing ride that blew my expectations away. And it did make my top 25 and is my favorite ride on the Universal Property right now. So there's that. Just worthy replacement for dueling dragons, I'll say. And that was all my time to adventure. But there were two more parks you went to. Went to Volcano Bay. I can make this one quick since it's not really coast-related. It's just a water park. Although I do
0: have questions about how they're doing, like, masks and social distancing at
1: Volcano Bay. So Social distancing is encouraged. Wasn't really enforced that much, but it didn't need to this day because it was absolutely dead. Like, when we went into the Volcano Bay parking lot, there was barely anybody. Like, a lot of the times it'll be... There's about three portions, I'd say. Usually, at least two of them will be filled. This time, it was only half of one that was full. So, was very happy mm-hmm. about that. Didn't have to wait for anything. Masks, they make you wear when you go to get food, when you are shopping, and when you are entering the park. Other than that, you don't have to wear them.
0: Okay. that Because I was curious. I was like, um, what do they have you do? Wear it while you're in line for the water slide and no. take it off yeah. while you're going down? Still for it to get wet? <laughs>
1: Uh, they don't make you do any of that stuff, which, I mean, you're in chlorinated water and it's hot outside, so it's not like the most dangerous place to not have a mask, but I mean, people can have their opinions on whatever they want when it comes to that sort of thing, but I personally thought that they did it pretty well, um. I got to do the Crocodile Aqua Coaster twice, which is one of my favorite water slides ever. I don't know what's my favorite water slide that or Mammoth at Holiday World. Those two are very close. Um, also did Honu, which is a double water, double wall water slide, which is a lot of fun, and um, mm-hmm. Puihi, which is like a, a double funnel slide. Those are all my favorite ones at the park. Did those. I Had a fun day. No crowds. No nothing. Just enjoyable. All that. So that was Volcano Bay. And we were supposed to go home after Volcano Bay, but Born Stuntacular at Studios was soft opening. So I was able to convince my parents to go back over to the actual park so that we can do that. And uh, I waited about an hour to do Born because they were like, we've already filled up all the queues, so you have to wait outside for a show an hour for now. But where you are right now, you should be able to make it into that show. So I was like, okay, cool. So I waited there, ended up being the last people to get into the show. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, so that that show, I'd say it's a little bit better than Terminator, which is what it replaced. Uh, it's pretty impressive how they use the screen in the background. Because if you don't know what this is, I think Dynamic Attractions made it. It was at IAPA a couple years ago, but basically it was where the screen basically can create the illusion of rotating to a different viewpoint. Mm-hmm. And they did that a lot. So they were able to combine physical set pieces and physical actors with screens basically. So like there's a car on the screen chasing Jason Bourne as he's in a motorcycle actually on the, uh, the, the stage. stage. Yeah. And they had, uh, quite a few set pieces that they would use throughout to make it look, you know, even more lifelike. Um, there weren't a whole lot of like set pieces crumbling and breaking and all that. Cause Terminator had quite a bit of that, but overall it has a pretty good storyline. I thought the acting was really well and it was just an overall really cool show. But to me it's good, but it's, it's just a show. Like I, yeah, I'm not a, a huge show person. So it didn't like blow me away, but I'm glad I was able to be there for soft opening. And I was also at the last Terminator show, so I was like, last Terminator show and the introduction of Born," which I thought was pretty cool.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so yeah, that was really good, and I just had about an hour left at Studios, so got to do Mummy, which is still the best indoor coaster in the world. Jack has yet to ride it, I hyped his ride up for him quite a bit. It's developed a little bit more of a rattle than I remember, but that's okay. Oh, it's got a rattle I'm going I hate it. Oh yeah, I know you are. <laughs> Just like you hate all BNS with vest restraints, right?
0: Oh shush! Um, you know I like Eagle. I know. And I'm Eagle kidding. alone. Yeah, so that's that. Pretty much wrap up your two or your like five. Oh, well, I actually rode two
1: more rides. I rode Green Gots and Rocket. <laughs> oh,
0: oh, you rode Green
1: and Rock. Why they did have you torture it yourself? It's usually sixty. So uh, Green Gots okay. was good. It had more bumps than I remember on like every single transition uh it, it, you could feel a visible or physical like bump 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 every time you went over a piece of track but it was still pretty fun uh the glasses got fogged with that too but that's okay rocket was smoother than i remember still not a good layout but it didn't hurt me this time so that's a thumbs up and uh that, what song do you uh, pick oh i tried doing the secret thing and just pulling up the the key- keypad that, like, if you hold down the logo for 10 seconds, a keypad will show up. And you can put in whatever you want. But uh, it did it, like, two seconds late. So I didn't get to pick a song. it just did something random. Um. Yeah. That was fine. It was still pretty fun. And uh, that was it. But Universal, way better than SeaWorld at this sort of stuff.
0: Well, let's see. So that's yours. So now I get to make my one last as long as all five of yours on did. On. Um, Dollywood is open, yay, 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 yay. I'm going back as soon as we're finished recording. Literally, we're going to finish recording, and I'm getting in my car, and I'm going back. So, um, yeah. I'm just going to walk through my entire day, I think, and just talk about everything. Um, Starting out, my dad and I left the house at, like, 7 and 6.30 in the morning, so we could go up to the cabins to watch, uh, sunrise and ride cycling the view was really pretty as always we got to see tennessee tornado mystery mind lightning rod and fire chaser cycle wild eagle was really slow off the starting block um they didn't get they didn't start cycling until we were told around 9 15 which is insanely late for them so, didn't see Eagle Test from up there. Then we ran to my favorite restaurant ever. Not really, but one of mine. Bojangles, because I wanted breakfast. <laughs> and it was back to the park. So, Dollywood is doing... I don't know how some of the other parks are doing it, but this is how Dollywood is doing all of their temperature checks and everything. You, park, you get in. When you get to the toll booth, of course, yesterday was a pass holder day, so I gave them my gold pass. And they ask you, do you have a reservation? Right there at the front. And you, you say yes or no. If you say yes, of course, they let you in. If you say no, they're going to turn you around and ask you to go home. Um, from there, went on in. We were there early enough. We parked in Lot B. So here's the thing. All of the temperature checks are happening out at tram stops. They are really, they're requiring you to ride the tram into the park now. You can't walk into the park. And so what you do is you get in line at the tram stop, and they, you come up to a person, and they like, read that sign in your head and answer the questions out loud. So, and the four questions were like, "Do you have, have you had COVID? Have you known someone has COVID? Do you have a cough? All the stuff we're getting used to, like with quick health screenings. All the while, someone walks up and they take your temperature real quick, and they're good. I apparently was like 99 degrees yesterday, which is like normal for me, so... Um, then you get a little wristband, I already took it off because it's annoying me, but you get a little wristband, finish waiting on the tram, tram takes you in. Tr- they're social distancing the trams, which I don't know why I didn't expect that, but they are. Um, ride the tram in, you get off the tram, and this is when the fun started for me. I get off the tram and we're turning in. And if you follow followed me on Twitter, you know that last fall I was gifted a rather unique piece of Dollywood history from a friend at the park uh, my friend is evan he is the vice president of guest safety and yeah vice president of safety and security at the park and he last year gave me one of dollywood's challenge coins that they give to all of their employees or their security employees and they change it every year so as we get off the tram we run into evan and Evan hands me this year's challenge coin so i have it right here it's the 35th anniversary challenge coin it's got the it has cinderella on um, one side of it. I'll post some pictures of it on this. Yeah, and Evan, Evans—he's a really nice dude. We need to have him on the podcast. I'm gonna talk to him about it one day. Um, yeah, he gave me the coin. We talked about. It. We said that was super easy going through all the health screening. Like super, like just lay back. Bag checks are really non-invasive. I they went through my bag. The guy just kind of opened the lid, gave it a good verbal sweep. Uh, some of the people still had the sticks, but I know they were sanitizing like the security stick every single time before it went in someone else's bag, which was a really good thing. Walking t- over to the uh, gate. No turnstiles now. I don't know about other parks. There are no turnstiles at Dollywood anymore. Um, you just show them your pass. They scan it. You go through. They also scan your reservation. This is where having the reservation is required because you can't get into the park unless they scan your reservation first. Um, and then from there, it was time for lightning rod. Of course, lightning rod. Uh, straight over there. Um, I'll talk. I, we did walk past multiple flower and food things. I'll talk about some of that in a minute. But get over the lightning rod. I was not the first rider. I was not. I'll can be disappointed. Well, weren't you me. the
1: first rider when it like opened on that one day earlier? So that was like. Yeah,
0: post. I was the first rider of the season. I was not the first rider post quarantine. I really don't care about that. Um, got in line, got row twelve. It's a little rough back there, folks. It's getting rough back there. Um, it really—you could tell—it hadn't run in three and a half months because. It was bumpy and it was really, really tight. And when lightning rod is tight, it makes it really jerky, which is not the most comfortable thing in the world. So it already at this point had like about a 45 minute wait to get on. And so we went ahead and we're like, let's go ride some other stuff. We'll come back and ride lightning rod later. Hopefully it's warmed up a little and we can get some better rides on it. So we headed up the valley and went to um, Barnstormer, which I had yet to ride this year. I forgot how much I love that thing.
2: Mm.
0: It's just so much fun. And, then, and so with Barnstormer, they were doing social distancing. They were letting you sit with your group, but it was so non-busy. That they didn't have like seats roped off. They were just making sure you were at least one seat away from whoever was not with your group. So my dad and I rode it. Uh, that was a lot of fun. And then we headed up and did Tennis Tour Tornado. This is when we really started to see um, not not what I would call a long line, but long delays because of cleaning. So Dollywood is doing almost a mix between what Universal and SeaWorld are doing. They're giving every guest hand sanitizer before they get on the train, and then they are cleaning the trains about once an hour, which results in about a 10-minute break every hour to clean a train. And I was told by multiple employees that the way they were going to do, like, they're going to do cleaning of the trains changed every single day for a month leading up till yesterday. And chances are it will have changed again by the time I'm back at the park today. Um, but yeah, so they were doing that. So every guest was offered hand tan sanitizer and then you get on. Tornadoes running them really good, really, really, like, moving through its layout. Um, and then at this point, we're like, okay, so we're just making our way around the loop. We were meeting up with some friends at 1 o'clock to do something. And so at this point, we are get over to Eagle, and we walk right into the station. Walk on. We get in the seats. Restraints are coming down. Seatbelts are fastened. Ride Up check, starts to check it. We have lightning in the area. We have lightning in the area. You got American thundered. That's We... Happened totally did like literally we're sitting there where you probably about 20 seconds from being dispatched and they see the person of course you see the person pick the phone up and it's like put the phone down put the phone down <laughs> no but uh yeah so we got off and we were gonna we were gonna wait it out in Eagle station I got the chance to talk with Levi who's a ride operator on Wild eagle he told me a bunch about the parks uh policies and everything and like what all to expect with what's gonna happen for the next couple months and then he was just a really fun guy to talk to as well. We did eventually just kinda bail out on Eagle because it was gonna be a two hour storm and we were like, oh let's just go meet up with our friends. So we headed over to Wildwood Grove to Till and Harvest, which is the restaurant over there, to record a podcast episode. Think, uh, no, just Dollywood I mean, Picks. He doesn't do it every day. but he, right. Yeah. So we had a bunch you of fun. Right when you said what? to record a
1: podcast episode.
0: Ah, yes. yay. Went to Till and the Harvest in Wildwood Grove to record a podcast episode with Justin from Snapshot Mage yesterday and Lewis from Disney Pick a Day and Dollywood Picks uh, for Justin's podcast um it's Snapshots, made yesterday, podcast for tomorrow. It's coming out, I think you told me, on Thursday I will put it on the Twisted Travelers feeds and on the uh, Thrilling Moments feeds so y'all can go listen to it. We talk really in-depth about everything happening with Dollywood Protocols and really just everything Dollywood that was happening that day. We spent a good hour just sitting over there talking off the air, and I think we probably spent 35, 40 minutes talking about the park while we were recording. All the while, crazy big thunderstorm is just raging over our heads, and we're just ignoring that it's existing. Um, but after that, the rain did um, finally, finally go away around 2.30. It, was around the, it started at like 12.30, and it went away at like 2.30, so it was two-hour rain delay. We were like, okay, let's go ride some stuff. So we head back to Dragonflyer, and Dragonflyer is closed, and I realized why immediately. Can you figure out why it was not open? No. They had to dry the lift hill off because it's a friction drive lift hill. (laughs) (laughs) They they had to wait on all the tires to get dried off so that the coaster would not uh, come back down the lift hill, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, It kind of blew our plans of riding it yesterday because when we did finally get back over there when it was reopened it was like an hour and a half wait and I was like uh, 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 no. So, from there, we headed down to, I think, was probably the best coaster ride we had yesterday, Thunderhead. ha, ha, ha. Thunderhead is one of those coasters that runs, like, so much better, not while it's raining, but after it rains. And something, it just was running so good. It was truly, like, out of control. Like, I was, like... I haven't, it's going so fast. We were moving through the fly through like so fast. I don't even understand how it was going as fast as it was, but great airtime, great, I mean, everything. I told my dad, because even I agree that I think it really has fallen off from where it used to be, but I said, if it runs like this for the rest of the season, we could see this make a comeback this year at Golden Tickets because it was running probably the best I've ever seen it run yesterday, which was just crazy. I mean, there really there really wasn't a flaw with the ride yesterday. And then from there, went back to Lightning Rod. <laughs> um, definitely, we got a row nine ride. Um, and here's, so Lightning Rod was probably the ride that suffered the m- most from the social distancing and this, because, of course, it's Lightning Rod, it already has its issues. Um... So we were talking probably five and a half to six, seven minute dispatches per train on average. And for those of you who don't know, Lightning Rod also has another like flaw in its design, which is that it's the only RMC to use skid brakes. And so on the transfer table, it has skid brakes instead of like a clamp friction brake. And because of that, they were actually having issues last year. With a train overshooting the brake and almost hitting the train in the station because it was the skid brakes were wet. So if it rains, lightning rod will go down to one train for at least four hours. Mm. So it was run tr- one train lightning rod pretty much from two o'clock till close yesterday, which was a big oof. Um, but, yeah, we got row nine. It definitely was running a, bu- a bunch better by that point in the day. It started to loosen up a little. Went From there, we were going to go do um, – we went over and did Dizzy Disc in County Fair. That was fun. Um, and then from there, we just kind of made our way back around. We did Tornado again. We had about a 45-minute wait for Tornado, I think. Um, finally got on Eagle in the exact same seats we got on it originally. Um, I grayed out for you, I let myself slip out of conscience for you. Okay. Um running super good. Then from there, Fire Chaser, which had like a five minute wait, I was so happy. Um and the Mystery Mind. This is the real interesting one that I knew it was gonna happen this way. I was just kind of waiting to see it in person. It's one party per train. So let's just say I was a single person there at the park by myself. I get the entire
1: train to myself. Yeah, that's uh, not surprising, but also not great.
0: Yeah, capacity on Mr. Mr. Mine is not going to be getting... I won't be riding it much until capacity is back to better, because the line for that was... (sighs) But it was also kind of fun to just get to ride it in complete silence for Mm -hmm. once. Because my dad and I never really get to... I mean, most of the time you've got the people screaming. It's just silence. They've also been doing some footer work on it. They've got a couple of footers they've been repairing, but that's nothing crazy. Um, then back to Thunderhead again. Uh, we did two rides on our first go-around with Thunderhead. We did another one here. We got back row. Uh, still running amazing. Also did drop line. Um. I love that drop tower. It's not as much as the drop is the best. It's just the view at the top is amazing. Um, and then from there it was back around to the front of the park to do, um, we grabbed one more ride on lightning rod, got front row. And that was pretty much our entire day at the park. From there, we left and came home, and we pushed back our podcast recording, because I was pretty sure I was going to die last night of tiredness. Yeah, I
1: was tired, too. You can hear it
0: right now. I'm yawning. Yeah, well, like, my mind was still running pretty good, but it was the fact that I I was, or I did, and I will be doing it again today, that I carried this around around my neck for the entire day.
1: Yeah, uh, it's Jack's big camera lens. Yeah, for my thing. five
0: and a half, this whole thing weighs around seven pounds, and I had it hanging around my neck for the entire day.
1: Well, other than that, it sounds like you had a good time, and it sounds like Dollywood oh. did pretty good. Yeah, so yeah, overall, and here I got asked
0: on uh, Twitter and Instagram a bunch by several different people, are they enforcing the mask and everything? And my answer was always they really aren't having to enforce it because all the guests are really complying with what the park has asked mm-hmm. everyone was wearing masks everyone was social distancing there were only a few people i saw that were really just flat out ignoring it um but i do know that the employees were correcting if they saw it um but um, i'd say 99 percent of the park guests were wearing masks which was i think a really good thing because it's going to allow dollywood to reopen faster yeah, overall, Dollywood did an amazing job. I can't wait to get back up there today. Um, oh, what the heck is this? Are you seeing this on Twitter? Huh? Are you seeing this on Twitter? Hold on, I'm going to look. Are we going to leave this in? What's happening? Uh, Yeah, we're leaving this in. Um,
1: hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We
0: apparently have more news. Let me see it for myself. Hold
2: on. What, the Kentucky Kingdom thing? Yeah. Yeah. I know, it's real.
0: They are getting a raptor! Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, this is nice. This is live on the air, and we just, like... Okay, so we're just recording, and I open Twitter up, and there's a raptor. They're getting a raptor.
1: Um, So, yeah. They're gonna have a great top three now. I don't... Is it gonna be a clone of Wonder Woman, I wonder? Kinda hope not.
0: But if yeah, is, I it's um, great. I if is if it's a clone of Wonder Woman or Railblazer, I don't care. Or what if it's a Jersey Devil clone? Ooh, that'd, that'd be, be awesome. <laughs> well, that um, happened. That yeah, that happened. We normally would talk about this in the news section, but okay, it's saying a height of one hundred and eight. so I think ink is probably going to be um.
1: Railblazer is. 106, I'm pretty sure. So
0: yeah, but it, they could just, you know, be elevating at two feet because of ground. Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. seeing anything about, like, a... um. And Wonder Woman's 113, so it definitely could be. Yeah, I definitely think that we could see... Um... Yeah, and then, of, of course, I'm seeing it now. Kentucky Kingdom has already changed their uh, trademark thing to say T4 with a height of 102, so they can get their um dueling... SLC that they all always dreamed of. Love this. Um oh I'm I'm reading this comment and it's like someone said this should be uh, another T3, so they and they should just call the whole thing T6 because T3 plus T3 equals T6.
1: That that'd be great, but also not great at the same time because it's too I'll SLC. take the Raptor. Give me the Raptor.
0: yeah, uh,
1: okay.
0: yeah that's interesting.
2: I'm just going to so scroll go through a real missing anything? Is there anything else big that's happened? Okay, and now well like now there's check. more SeaWorld leans. Oh, there's more yep, SeaWorld there's 55 leans? 55 okay. 55 more of
1: them. SeaWorld! <laughs> I'm reading, I'm, I'm going to... Uh... Including one for a including one SeaWorld. for a penguin coaster at SeaWorld Orlando. That must be the the twenty twenty one edition that was gonna happen. So, yeah um Okay, hold on, I'm reading some stuff. Okay, so yeah, this is uh... Iron Gwazi hasn't tested since the park reopened, so RMC probably locked BGT out of the ride systems. I'm reading this all off Reddit, by the way, so credit to those people.
2: Okay, um, there's still stuff at the park
1: that says coming 2020 for Iron Gwazi, so that's good news. But 56 liens, including one for a pink coaster at SeaWorld Orlando, which is probably supposed to be for next year. It's about 16 million dollars total. So which isn't awful for 56 of them considering Iron Gwazi takes up 3 million of it. I was kind of worried when I read 56 that they were all going to be close to 3 million. Mhm. So that's interesting. I'm sure they can pay it off. It'll just take a little time. But honestly, I wouldn't be too worried. Yeah, I think they'll get it
0: all sorted out because we kind of heard that Six, um, six Flags. SeaWorld's plan was to just kind of not pay. And then once the parks started reopening, they would. So, assuming with our parks starting to reopen, we should start seeing payments being made. SeaWorld so. San
1: Antonio was also going to get a mock power splash.
2: Yeah, I saw, I saw that last night. I thought that
0: was interesting. So, we're learning some stuff here. We are well.
1: This has been an eventful end to the episode. This was definitely our uh, wildest episode yet. Yeah,
0: I I kind of titled it to kick off the this summer 2020 because I mean it's the first like big trip we're having and everything. I definitely am looking forward to what's in store for the rest of this weird year. Um, I feel like if this week we're like. If this year were a roller coaster, this week would be like the top of the lift hill finally. We're finally like it feels like it's all gonna get better from here. Yeah, just hopefully the rest of it isn't Nighthawk. Amen to that. Or it's yeah. a boomerang and you know we have to go up another
1: lift hill. Oh yeah, you have to go through the whole thing twice too. So that would mean next year's just as bad.
0: Yeah, so we want uh, can it be Fury three two five, please? That's what we want. This code, oh, the year twenty twenty, should be Fury three two five. The whole lift tilt is just like grinding anticipation, and then the rest of it's just amazing.
2: Yeah, so, that'd be but great.
0: We are gonna take next week off. I'm gonna be on vacation in Michigan, uh, visiting like some you family. Plenty have time to catch up if you haven't listened to everything. Yeah, so we'll um. We will probably just promote an old episode next week. You should go back and try to listen. There's, gonna be, there's 11 of them now. You've got like 12 hours worth of entertainment. So Yeah, might as well. Hey, well, with all uh-huh. that, I think I am going to go get ready and get off the Dollywood. I don't know what Chris mm-hmm. is doing for the rest of the day, but we will it see you all next week.
1: Yeah, also, uh, like we said at the end of last week's episode, we oh, we're yeah. going to make an Instagram. We do now, Twisted Traveler's Instagram. Make sure you go Oh, follow. yes. So yeah. Follow, follow the Instagram. Twitter. Follow Jack's Thrilling Moments Photography on Instagram and Twitter. Just follow everything. You can just Google me at this point. Yeah, I also, you can just Google Twisted Traveler's and we show up as well. I've already tested it. So, so yep, that's pretty much it for this week. We'll see you in two weeks. All right.
0: okay goodbye good and faithful friend thank you for listening to this week's episode of the twisted travelers podcast we hope you enjoyed the show see you next week